everyone. Thanks for listening to the Adulting is Easy podcast, where we make adulting easier by making money easier. This is your host, Lauren. And I'm joined today by Chris Klingeman. He became very curious about real estate and hospitality many years back as some of his family members were small hotel owners in Europe. He's been an owner and host of short-term rentals for over six years. He currently owns four short-term rentals, about to be five, all in Florida, and three and four bedrooms and bigger. Chris is an out-of-state investor, but he visits the short-term rentals often. He also shares some of the realities of a short-term rental ownership on Twitter, as he believes there's a lot of misinformation out there, and his goal is to bring transparency and honesty to the space. Thanks for joining me, Chris. Thanks, Lauren. Appreciate it. I'm a big fan of uh, your content and tweets, so always a pleasure uh, to talk. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But first, let's thank TouchStay since they're our sponsor. Are you looking for operational gains in brand build? Meet the easy-to-use platform that transforms your docs, PDFs, and emails into branded information that guests read and engage with time and again. TouchStay is the business of helping hectic hosts and managers kill the time burn with simple technology. Helping you to reinforce your brand through communication, skyrocket the guest, skyrocket the guest experience, and create raving loyal fans. Their digital guest welcome books are rich with features, including guest email collection and first impressions feedback capture, plus free email and SMS guest memos, in addition to providing a single place of information and inspiration to get your guests excited about their stay, appreciative of your offering, and happy as Larry, as they say in the UK, to tell everyone about it. Guests love Touch Day digital guidebooks as much as hosts, even mentioning them in their reviews. Want to look good every time someone has a question? Look up touchday.com and start a 14-day free trial today. So our goal for today is to make adulting easier for listeners by discussing a personal finance topic since managing money is a huge part of adulting. Today, Chris, we're going to talk about short-term rentals and specifically cleaners. So my first question is, is the cleaner your number one team member? Yeah, I'd probably say the the short answer to that is yes. Um, you know, there's so many different team members uh, when operating your short-term rental business. And if one, you know, isn't pulling their weight you know, the business can go under, but, uh, you know, the cleaners are certainly the most important. I believe, uh, you know, they're the eyes, they're the boots on the ground. They see your property probably more than anybody, more than you even, you know, so, so having a good cleaner is, is super important to running sort of a, an efficient, you know, business, uh, um, you know, every guest wants a clean, clean short-term rental. So if you're slacking on that, uh, you're not going to have a, a top performing property. So certainly I think, uh, it is the, the most important team member. Yes. How did you find your cleaners? Oh, that's, uh, um, you know, every guest wants a clean, clean short-term rental. So if you're slacking on that, uh, you're not going to have a, a top performing property. So certainly I think, uh, it is the the most important team member. Yes. How did you find your cleaners? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. There's, there's many, many ways over the years that I've done it. Uh, so I guess I'll list a few of them uh, early on when I was sort of starting my, my investing journey, uh, I was, didn't know any better. So I was writing a lot of sort of cold messages on Airbnb and Verbo, which maybe a lot of people do. Um, I got a lot of not so happy responses. You know, I, I learned quickly that probably wasn't the best way. Um, but it, I guess it could sometimes be worth a shot. You never know. Maybe somebody's happy to give it up. Um, you know, but it did give me a chance to kind of look through a lot of reviews um, with people reviewing a lot, talking about how good the cleaners were and things like that. So you could kind of try to narrow it down, shoot them a message, see what what owners say. Sometimes they were sort of offended or, or just didn't want to give up their cleaners. Um, in my market, I've actually had a lot of success just 
you know, I'm sort of more on a vacation rental uh, market. So there's a lot of cleaners out there that do a lot of short-term renting. So that might vary for every different market. Uh, I've had a lot of success just Googling, uh, getting to a website, seeing what they're advertised as, if they are specific to vacation rentals, short-term rentals, and just kind of diving through that, all that information, what sort of services they have, things like that. I think the first thing that I would do is put in a call and kind of talk to them about that and, and kind of interview them. But I've, I've had a lot of success just Googling, you know, cleaning companies, short-term rental companies, whatever keywords kind of pop up on Google or even Google Maps. Uh, but again, mine is a little bit more of a vacation rental market. Um, I've also, I guess the third one, I've <laughs> driven around around checkout time, around 10, 11. Uh, again, there's been a lot of properties. I've seen who's been checking out. Again, this was more early on uh, when I was sort of in town and I would just speak to cleaners and see how they would talk. And you know, nowadays you can also see the homes. You can go on the map on Airbnb or through data websites and read the reviews. And if they're they have great reviews through the cleaners, well, the ones I just spoke to around checkout, you know, they're they're uh, probably pretty good. So getting business cards through that and that's sort of the the starting uh, point is can also work a lot. So uh, that's that's another good one that that worked a little bit early on for me. Uh, Local investor groups, Facebook, social media, it's always big. Everyone always talks about that. I think the uh, the Facebook groups, I think when uh, somebody has a cleaner who's a little newer and they're trying to build up their business, their cleaning business, I think uh, owners are a little more uh, open to given, give them more business because they're trying to help them out. If they're a little more established, they won't maybe want to flood them with even more business. But uh, those Facebook groups, social media groups, the 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 local ones asking around, hey, looking for a cleaner, all that kind of stuff. Um, seeing some advertisements as well. Um, I think the fifth one, I actually haven't used it that much. I kind of dabbled a little bit. There's apps coming out. I think there's Turno, which used to be Turnover BNB. I kind of um, went on that one. I was flooded with a ton of information. Um, so I, I can't speak on that, but I, I know a lot of people use it. But uh, so I guess those are some of the five ways that... Uh, you know, you could go about and that I've done as well. So. Yeah, that's a great overview. And that's an interesting take on driving for dollars, driving for cleaners. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly if you're, you know, if you're near or if you're near your market that you're investing in and, um, you know, it takes a little bit more sweat, I guess, and, and time to go around. But if you have one rental or two rentals and you're really on the search for it, it's definitely a good method because you can talk directly to the cleaners Again, you can verify with online reviews, very easy to pull up the actual Airbnb that they were just working on and kind of going from there. So uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a good way to do it, but it's it's obviously hard to scale once you get to a certain certain point. So your four rentals, soon to be five, is it the same cleaner or same team of cleaners or do you have different ones? Yeah, so so now it, I've gone through different phases. Now it's gotten to the point where uh, I have you know, enough scale, I guess, in that local market to where I can use that one company, um, you know, because I give them a decent amount of business. I sort of have a direct line to the manager. So I do use one one cleaner now. I've done uh, many different things in the past, um, you know, but you still, when it, even with a company, you want to, you know, have the same cleaners every single time um, as much as you can. That's one of the challenges, I think, with cleaners is, you want to go with a company, they have great reviews, and then all of a sudden they don't manage it well, or you have different cleaners every single time. And, uh, you know, you have to get it right the first time. Again, that's that's hard because you can't, 
uh, say, oh, we need like four or five turns, four or five guests till we really get used to what's going on in the property. Well, it might be too late because uh, you might get some bad reviews and things like that, and 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 you're you're in a bit of a hole. So, yeah, I have a company, but I, I try to really stress that it's. I usually have a team of two or three, uh, same cleaners cleaning the house every single time things happen, vacation, you know, sick, stuff like that. But there's got to be at least one, uh, one sort of veteran, I guess that's a staple that's been cleaning the property every single time uh, at that property. And, you know, so far it's gone pretty well. I mean, cleaning, um, I get a lot of positive reviews on the cleaning. So, so far I've been happy with this one. I've, I've had many bad and hard experiences in the past and you know they'll they'll come again in the future but right now it's it's been okay i agree that you should have the same cleaners as much as possible they are the ones that are going to know was that broken last time has anything showed up that wasn't here before has anything gone missing that was here before and they can't know that if it's their first time in the place all the time and i agree like things happen like that's kind of an ideal situation Uh, But that's a really good point. So when you are finding cleaners, and I want to get to the negative experiences in a second, but before we get to that, when you're finding cleaners, do you you have any best practices for like how many to interview, what kind of questions to ask, getting references? How does the interview process work? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any official, uh, you know, answer, I guess, but I I can tell you what I did is I was, uh, you know, very type A for sure. And I interviewed a lot. I mean, I called as many as I could any moment if I'm in the car or whatnot, I'm calling a cleaner, just getting a feel for how they sort of run their business. You know, um, when I first call them, I tell them sort of what I'm looking for, and they actually should be giving you a lot of information, how they run things. Do they use apps? Do they use checklists? And sort of they lead me on at the beginning of, you know, how how they run their cleaning uh, operations and things like that. And I'll sort of start to go down my list of things that I'd like to ask them. Um, but certainly they'll, you know, you'll get a feel within the first minute if they know, you know, what they're doing and if they run sort of an efficient uh, practice. And of course, reviews like with us, with the rental business, I mean, reviews are, are key. You know, you can check up a lot of companies and, and things like that. So it's it's pretty for me, it was pretty easy to pick up on, at least if the top management knows what they're doing. And then it's just a matter of uh, seeing if they can implement it and, and double double check and reviews and things like that. So my cleaner asked me one time for a reference for another host. And I thought that was really smart of the host to ask for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, anytime you, you, you also, if you give, give up any information saying you can call these hosts or do this. I mean, I think that just shows a lot of confidence in your ability and things like that. So that's, that's always a plus, but yeah, certainly multiple cleaners. It's, it's like with anything, you know, you don't want to just get one quote for any repair or anything like that. You should be interviewing multiple and always just kind of seeing who's good in your market and, and things like that. Cause uh, if things go South quickly, you know, you gotta, you know, have a bit of a backup and things like that. So. How do you set the pricing for the cleaning fee? Uh, that's, you know, sort of, I guess some people will call it a little bit the enemy method where you kind of go on Airbnb, you look at what other, uh, Airbnbs are charging. Uh, you can do it that way. Uh, if you're with a company, they might just say, look, we have, you know, this thing, 1700 square feet, three bedroom, two bath. We know we're going to charge 220 or 200 or 240, whatever it is. But it's super important for you as the owner to verify, you know, you can't just go on whatever the cleaner says, uh, data is starting to come out like Rabu now, uh, gives you the data of local cleaning fees. You know, I just checked mine the other day. Uh, I think the average was $232 and mine was at 230. So that, that data was, was pretty good. Uh, so it's becoming a little bit easier from that standpoint as things are certain sort of starting to get scraped and more accessible to owners. 
but certainly just looking around, what are they charging? Again, I'm in a vacation market. I can see a lot of three bedrooms, four bedroom, things like that. And just talking to a lot of cleaners and seeing uh, what they are sort of giving for the numbers. So it's it's just a lot of communication, a lot of, of your own research and verification and things like that. I've had some cleaners ask me, what am I charging for the cleaning fee? And then trying to back into it. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to do it that way. Like, I, I don't yeah. want you to like never do the baseboards if it's too low. Like, yeah. we, we this needs to be a collaborative effort. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and uh, I think, you know, one of the issues with, uh, I guess, short-term rentals is hosts will try to, you know, make a profit on the cleaning fee, which is is obviously not what you should be doing. I mean, every dollar should be going to the cleaners. They should be doing a good job, which then leads to a better experience for your property, which then makes the industry better. Uh, so, yeah, certainly not trying to make a profit uh, on the cleaning fee, whatever it is, it goes directly to the cleaners, uh, things like that. So I think that's important because, again, you see those those news articles, how the cleaning fees are out of control and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I mean, if it costs two, th- $230, it should cost $230 to clean it, not 300 where you pocket 70 on every turn. So it uh, sh- shouldn't be happening. I have usually like, I think a $5 addition. And I think of it as like, the occasional washcloth or the little soaps. That's kind of how yep. I think of that, like five bucks per stay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, that that sounds about right, but I'm talking and there shouldn't be any gouge, gouging going on. But uh, so you're obviously a good host. So no, I, I agree that. No. Yeah. You shouldn't try to make a profit there. And the cleaners, FYI, guys, they check. They look at your listing. They see what the cleaning fee is. They know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, one of my tenants, I have a, some tenants that are that live in the same building as I have some short-term rentals. And they were like, are you paying $70 for that cleaning fee? I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, can I do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they live right there. So it might be a good thing, but uh, I hope they have the the systems in place and you, you maybe have to test them out. So. Yeah, exactly. I just thought that was interesting. So even my tenants, tenants were looking. So being out of state, Chris, how can you tell if your cleaners are doing a good job? Obviously there's reviews, but what else can you do to manage from afar? Yeah, so that's uh, it's obviously the challenge. Everything is farther remote and things like that. So you kind of have to learn to put you know certain s- systems in place if you use a property manager or whatnot. But uh, you know, reviews number one, uh, it's a little bit skating on thin ice at the beginning, waiting for those reviews to come in. Uh, if they start coming in, hey, place was cleaned. You know, I, I get I, I got a lot of good reviews early on. You know, I don't know who cleaned this place, but it's fantastic. And you start to kind of settle in and start to trust that cleaner a little bit more. But of course, at the beginning, with any new hire, uh, you're of course a little bit hesitant. Uh, so reviews are are number one. Um, you know, finding uh, I guess sometimes I call them a, a runner or hiring somebody who helps out a lot. Uh, and this can be super difficult because they have to be trusted. Again, you can go through Facebook groups, things like that, sort of a runner. Uh, there are some companies that are starting to emerge and do this that sort of help with uh, garbage can removal, trash removal, sort of little maintenance things. But basically somebody that can help you from afar doing inspections, basically double checking on cleaners. I found that really helpful. So that's that's one of my number one tips is, is of course, reviews number one, but then at the same time, paying somebody you know, uh, on the side to help with the trash, to help kind of say, Hey, can you go in there? And it's usually a lot of people that can do minor, uh, you know, maintenance things, maybe not heavy duty, but basically having more eyes on the property that are not affiliated with the cleaners, um, and paying them a certain, certain amount. You know, I I found just even somebody taking photos after a cleaning is, is a big one. And I know there's apps coming out with cleaners and things like that, but Again, if it's uh, somebody else that's not affiliated, I think that helps a lot. And early on, it's almost, 
I had them going almost every turn, you know, double checking on every turn and then slowly maybe every two turns and then every three turns and you can kind of wean them off a little bit. But I think from, for an out of state investor, I think early on having somebody uh, there to double check is, is good. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're just sitting a little bit on, on pins and needles a little bit. So, but I think it also making sure that you're hiring right um, and, and being able to trust that cleaner as, as much as you can from the very beginning. So cleaners, so we we talked about you have you you could have maybe people have property managers, they have maintenance folks, they can have yeah. the runner, like you said, you have the cleaner. But this cleaner, when it comes to short-term rentals, in my opinion, very different clean than their primary house cleaners or the typical yeah. cleanings that they're doing. What is reasonable to ask your cleaner to do that's like a little bit above and beyond just regular cleaning? Yeah. So I've, I've had some of the experiences early on. So the, the cleaners might do an awesome job, might clean the house uh, really well, you know, almost like a hotel, I guess you could say. And I, I think sometimes there's a lot of, you know, former hotel cleaners that come into the short-term rental industry for whatever reason, um, depending on the market. I think it's reasonable, you know, uh, things like cleaning the grill, making sure that's okay. Maybe putting the cover on the grill. A big one is uh, pets. You know, they they like to do things in the yard, leave poo behind, things like that. You have to uh, be very upfront. That's one of the big questions to ask your cleaners early on. Uh, what do you do to clean up, clean up after pets? Because cleaning up after pets is not just cleaning up the extra hair on the couch. It means going out in the yard, picking up the poo, things like that. So uh, being very clear of the expectations early on, um, it's not a very sexy topic, but it's very necessary. The next guest coming in does not want to come in into their yard. You know, kids want to play with a bunch of dog poo in the back. So that's definitely a big one if you're going to allow guests. Uh, another big one is having the the a system in place with the cleaners, checking propane tanks. You know, I have uh, a gas grill. There's one on there. There's a there's a replacement gas grill, uh, sorry, propane tank in the garage. You know, they have to go there, basically lift it up. If it's heavy, it's full. If it's empty, it's light. You know, then they have to um, notify whoever is it the maintenance person or do they put it in? Uh, do they put a replacement one in? So I think that's a big one, you know, because for me, a gas grill is a big amenity being in Florida. People want to grill out when they come. If you come uh, to go grill one day with your family and you don't have any gas, so that's that's obviously an issue. So those things are a little bit different as opposed to just a sort of a, a regular cleaning of a primary house. So you know, pick it up after a dog. Uh, grill cleaning uh, is is good. You know, garage cleaning. I'm close to a beach. You know, making sure there's not sand everywhere on the garage floor. Whereas a primary, maybe they don't check the garage as much. You know, things like that. Uh, cleaning filters in the, in the washer dryer. Uh, so basically, they're the eyes, little things that might not matter as much if it was your own primary, but you're trying to put it in almost perfect uh, condition every single time for the next guest. So all those little details. And I think one of the biggest things I've learned is is setting the expectation, asking the right questions right from the beginning, not running behind and say, hey, why didn't you check the propane tank? And then they say, well, that's not one thing we do. You know, so I think understanding what exactly is required, right, making a checklist yourself uh, as if you were going to clean it every single time, and then being able to communicate that properly to the uh, to the cleaners before you even sort of hire them, I think that's that's a big one, and, and that's obviously a challenge because you don't always uh, know everything before you go live, and as you learn and you say, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? And before you know it, it can cause some problems. So uh, that's sort of some of the the most the biggest advice I can give. Yeah, it's a good point with the communication and the checklists. Tell me about some of the rough times you've had with cleaners. Oh, oh. I think uh, propane tanks has been an issue, you know, because, you know, 
it sounds like an easy thing to do, but all of a sudden you have a family that's hungry. You just had a long flight. Maybe you want to grill out. You get there and uh, it takes a 10 minute drive. And some people are uh, better at filling propane tanks than others. You know, I, I say a lot of, you know, people get in vacation mode and their brain stops working. So some of the most basic tasks, people don't know how to do it as a guest. So I really don't expect them to do it. So the lack of propane tank gas has been an issue. Um one time coming in, checking out myself, realized there was a TV missing. You know, it wasn't the value of the TV missing, but little stories like that. Um, you know, cornhole sets uh, being misplaced and and originally thinking they were stolen, but the, one of the cleaners put them in like a, a shed in the back, you know, and then it took like three weeks to figure it out. But on the photos, like your cornhole set is, uh, you know, a solid amenity and and things like that. So just little little things. There hasn't been major, major, you know, damages to the house or anything like that. I think those stories are a little bit, you know, they certainly happen, but uh, you can't let things add up. But, uh, you know, so th th those are some of the smaller things that I've, you know, I've been involved in, but it's, you know, depending on what type of owner you are, very type A and you want everything perfect, it can certainly wear you down when your cleaner is not on the same level as, you know, you are. A TV went missing and they didn't notice. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the, one of the, I think it was in the garage game room. So it wasn't like in the living room staring in your face, but it was, you know, I came in there and I said, well, is there, you know, what's up with this TV? And, and maybe the guest had, you know, removed it at some point, maybe it wasn't even the guest, but uh, those things do happen. I mean, I, I hear those ones as well. Um, you know, it's just for me, things like, uh, you know, I have like mini putts and things like that. So, uh, little mini putt um, putters will end up going missing. You start with four and before you know, you have one and all of a sudden, well, you can't be having fun with a, you know, family of eight, if you only have one putter and things like that. So those are also some of the challenges is trying to, tr you know, help train your cleaners, which is also part of that checklist is like, look, like if there's four putters and there's only, you can only find one, then you have to notify me or, or your management company needs to get on it, order some new ones and things like that. Because, you know, the, what's, in the photos, the amenities that are in the photos, if you don't have like a foosball to play foosball, that kind of ruins it. And uh, especially like with arcade games and Papa Shot, I see a lot of bad reviews where things look awesome in the photos. And then in the reviews are like, oh, we're super disappointed. The game room, you know, the arcade games were not working. Uh, and, um, and Papa Shot was, you know, also broken and didn't have any basketballs and things like that. So all these little details you know, pool basketball hoops, but then if you have the basketballs missing, you know, it's, it's useless. So it, it's a lot of those little things that will, you know, uh, change the experience of the guest and just, you have to be super uh, detail oriented. It's not, you know, just cleaning of the, the, the unit. It's all these little things that make a, a short-term rental different from a hotel, uh, you know, or different from your competition. So, you know, helping educate and train those, those cleaners, um, you know, is, is definitely important. That's again, one of the challenges of, of, uh, short-term renting. And when you do have a cleaner that is, uh, doing a very good job, you better treat them well and tip them well and, and know that, tell them that they're do doing a good job because they are they're not easy to replace. Yeah. That's a great point with amenities, making sure that you have a system to sustainably provide those. Yeah. These things are in some cases, amenities, I think can become nice to haves, but yep. then if they don't have them, it's like World War Three worst thing ever. So yeah. you can, it's yeah. kind of like a slight positive if they're there, huge negative if they're not. Yeah, yeah no, it's 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 all those things. Ping pong paddles, you know. I mean, if you're on vacation, your kids go and they're like, ah, oh, that we look forward to having this game room, and and it's just not there. 
that $10 paddle will then kind of ruin things. And then the kids are going crazy and, and whatnot. And, and uh, I've learned because my one of my target market uh, target guests is obviously family. So happy kids is a happy family vacation. So keep them entertained, keep them happy. So that's one thing that I'm on all the time, having backups of every amenity, you know, extra bags for the bag set, extra ping pong paddles, balls, all these little things that, uh, you know, you don't think matter, but they but they definitely do matter a lot. So again, it's it's a hospitality business, you know, wrapped into these sort of real estate plays. So uh, I, I think a lot of owners get into the business not understanding that you're you're running a hospitality business and and realizing what you have to do, uh, especially on the cleaning side and amenity side, to to run the business efficiently and effectively. So, have you ever had a guest shown up when the unit wasn't cleaned yet? I actually have not. And I, I was reading some statistic where it tends to happen occasionally. That is one of the benefits um, you know, of having a company, if somebody calls in sick or whatnot, they usually have a backup. Um, so I've gotten to the point, I've never had one, uh, at least that I was ever aware of that didn't show up. Maybe a guest was super, uh, calm about it, but I actually haven't had one. Um, you know, little things early on, uh, you know, when a guest checks out, if you have a certain, uh, sensors, thermostats and stuff like that, if it was turned down super low, and then all of a sudden, at one in the afternoon when the cleaners are cleaning it, it was turned up to sort of the normal temperature, then you know, oh, the cleaner is in there. So those little things, you know, with the automation, I was always checking early on. I don't do it, do it anymore, but you're like, I hope the cleaners show up. I hope the cleaners show up. So, uh, but I think that's gonna become a little bit easier when these apps become even more popular and sort of standardized with taking photos, checklists, you know, push notifications on your phone, uh, you know, I'm sure GPS cleaners just showed up at the property, things like that. But it, it's all similar, you know, like with a pool, all my properties have pools. Oh, I hope the pool service showed up today and and things like that. So uh, some of the sort of anxiety and stressors of, of running short-term rentals, I guess, but uh, you got to just uh, put the systems in place and, and hope it runs fine. What would you say to people who are scared to get into short-term rentals right now? You know, I think right now in today's environment, certainly uh, you have to educate yourself as much as possible. We're talking sort of not just specifically to the cleaners, uh, you know, know your numbers, know what you're doing with the numbers. Um, you know, I speak to a lot of sort of beginner investors and they say, oh, you know, my friend down the street, he says he rents it for 200 an hour and he does really well. You know, it's that is not a good way to enter a business. You have to scrape the data uh, and understand why you're doing it. Understand your why. It's not just to jump in and, oh, I want to make extra cash and I can just, you know, put it on Airbnb and, you know, do well. It's certainly right now with, with the rates and all that kind of stuff, more difficult. There are opportunities out there, you know, educate yourself, underwrite accordingly, underwrite conservatively. Big, uh, big things always happen that you don't expect uh, major uh, renovations or, or um, you know, damages happen. Uh, so those are some of the big things. Be, be sort of careful that way. But then at the same time, don't have analysis paralysis. At some point, you have to pull, you know, pull the trigger and go with it. Um, also, sort of understanding what wins in your market. That's that's one of the big things is people don't understand. Well, maybe down the block, uh, you have somebody who does really well with their rental, but they have certain amount of amenities or a certain view that works really well where your property that you're looking at does not have that amenity. Uh, it could be also vice versa. So I, I think sometimes people under, uh, struggle to understand what wins uh, in your market. I think a great place to start is you know going on those data websites, Airbnb, Rabu, things like that. Um, 
and checking out the top properties. What do they have that does well? Uh, and I think that's a really good starting point. And if you're looking at a property and you don't have, you know, you can't offer what that, those top properties have at a minimum, then it's probably not going to win uh, unless you have something else or or have any information. So I think uh, know your numbers is key, understanding what's going to win and and do your due, di- due diligence. And, and when you've done that, go ahead and, and, and go for it. So great advice. Is there anything else you want to add, Chris, before we wrap up? Yeah, I think specifically cleaners. Um, I do sort of a deep, deep clean probably once or twice a year on a completely separate company. I think that's a good one to kind of add on sort of the cleaning theme here. Uh, you know, there are things that are missed, you know, ceiling fans, you know, blinds, things like that aren't maybe perfectly cleaned every single time. I think just getting a separate company in there to do a deep clean on sort of a, a an orphan day or something like that goes a long way. Uh, I think that's great. Um I think the other one is, you know, for me, a lot of the time, the interviewing process never, never ends because you never know, depending on your setup, if you have a one or two person cleaner, if they just call you tomorrow and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do this in two more weeks. What's your backup? So I think always just having somebody that you've spoken to or, or sort of having a list, Hey, if something happens to my current cleaners, I'm going to reach out to these people. Uh, I think that's important. So sort of a deep clean you know, once every six months or so and uh, sort of having backup cleaners sort of in place if things don't go well. Great addition there. Do you want to let people know how to get in touch with you? Uh, yeah. I mean, right now it's just, uh, I'm on Twitter. You can DM me. It's uh, Chris K underscore S-T-R-S. So that's Chris K underscore S-T-R-S. Um, and like I said, I love connecting with people. I just share some headaches and some tips and stuff like that. It's uh, a lot of fun. So one of the realest STR Twitter accounts out there for sure. Thanks. Yeah. And you can follow me on Twitter at adulting is easy on Instagram at adulting is easy real um, on YouTube as well. And this, this video will actually be there at adulting is easy. If you like this episode, you'll also like episode 128 about managing STRs from abroad. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Hopefully Chris and I have made adulting a little easier for you. (laughs) 